Welcome to Stirring the Pot with Lucas Asita. Uh, I know I mentioned uh, releasing a podcast I did with my parents last week, but there's a lot to work with there. Uh, you got three mics going. There's just a lot of editing. One of my parents getting up to go to the bathroom, the other one smoking a cigarette. Bear with me. I am still editing those podcasts. So, in the meanwhile, I'm bringing on a coworker of mine, good friend of mine who's never been on the pod. That is my buddy Alex Jackson. Alex, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Hey, everyone. Also, is, do you prefer, I know your real name's Thomas. Is Alex fine? Which would you prefer? It's Alex. I could go Ajax if you want to go Mortal Kombat. (laughs) Um, That's fine, too. A lot of people try to give me nicknames that stick for maybe about five minutes, so we'll see. (laughs) Okay, well, I'll just stick with Alex for now. Um, I figured that the best way to go about this would be to do just kind of a get to know you to start, and then we can talk about whatever from there. Uh, gotcha. So first, uh, are you you were born and raised in Rockford then? Uh, yeah, pretty much lived in the exact same house my entire life. Like I've never, my parents have never even talked about moving somewhere else. So okay, um, at least where I'm from, I think that there's two different kinds of people. There are the people who you know are pretty fine with where they grew up, and there's other people who can't wait to get out. Where do you land on that spectrum? Um, I'd like to get out, not necessarily because I hate. Rockford just because like I want to see more and like do more um yeah it'd just be interesting to explore and like live new places even if for a year or so okay yeah uh I probably I'm kind of in that same boat you know I don't hate my hometown by any means but for what I want to do you just kind of go to new places yeah uh naturally that makes sense uh let's talk a little family uh do you have siblings I do have an older sister. Her name is Haley. Uh, she's 25. Um, yeah, that's my sister. There's a little more to tell, I guess. Uh, she She's uh, four years older than, no, yeah, three and a half at least. Um, growing up, wasn't the best relationship. Like we would fight, but that's kind of siblings in general. Sure. Um, but now that we're both older, we have like a more adult relationship, so we talk a bit more. What age, like, do you think you got to that point where you guys started talking more? Um, probably when she moved out at like 23. So I would have been, what, freaking 19 or something like that. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Because um, well, you said you're three, four years apart. So yeah. that means you would have started high school. She's getting done with high school. Is that kind of when you both hated each other? Or um, um, like what's the prime years <laughs> of you guys not getting along? There's like a span of years. It probably been would have been from when she was like 13 up until when she was 23, so about 10 years. Like, we never, like, hated each other or anything, but we would, like, squabble and fight or just kind of, like, avoid each other in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I really, I have two older sisters, but my sisters are both, like, 8 to 10 years older than I am. So I didn't get too much of that just in the sense that they were so much older than me that I didn't have that little, like, high school rivalry going with them or anything like that. Um but no, uh, as I got older, obviously, well, they started having kids and that point on, you know, uh, I became pretty close with my with my sisters too. Um, another thing I just wanted to kind of, if when I think of you, this is kind of the first thing I think of, but just uh, your sense of style. Uh, even yesterday. Thank you. Yeah. Yesterday you came in, you got your freaking red hat and your red shoes and your fucking, just your fucking outfit. And <laughs> it's like, God damn it, I should have known. Um when did that when did that kind of start for you? Have you always kind of been um 
did like I guess have you been aware of oh I want to have this certain style or is it just as you got older you're like oh I kind of like the way that this person looks I want to start dressing like that probably the latter um I didn't really have a sense of style till like after high school what was your style in high school <laughs> oh man I was how to describe it? it was just like a lot of plain like sweaters and stuff and gotcha. like I didn't have any like neat shoes or anything or like pants that like fit me well. I was kind of like a dweeb, yeah. I would say. Well, but, you're a pretty tall guy, so. Yeah, a lot of things don't really fit me well. Yeah. Like, even these pants I'm wearing now, like, are too wide in the waist. I'm mm-hmm. like a 32-inch waist. These are like 36. So wow. I got to really tighten down that belt. Nice. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think when college came around, I'm like, you know what? Like, to times, uh, this is a really good time to start, like, reinventing myself. Not necessarily, like, who I am as a person, but more so, like, um work ethic and just like aesthetic I guess sure um, around my freshman year of college uh I'd imagine you're still close with some people from high school uh yeah um my buddy Reggie uh I met him my senior year actually and we've just been friends ever since he actually lived with me for a year mm-hmm. um and a few people I met like in theater I used to do theater by the way yeah oh. uh, Simon Annika some twins Brian and Nate and what shows were you in? I was in, oh, God, what was I in? Like some small thing like called uh, Thunder on Sycamore Street for my sophomore year. Yeah. And then I was in High School Musical. Hello. <laughs> uh, I was actually Troy Bolton's dad. So, yeah, top billing, of course. Nice. But um, then I was in Susical as the Cat in the Hat. Oh, yeah, that, that seems fun. fitting. I, I My high school did that show, and so I'm kind of – that's like the one that I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Um, no, that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, but what I was going to ask is uh, you, so you're still friends with a few people from high school. Uh, is it Did they say anything when they noticed your sense of style changing, or did they just not really care? Or they're like, what the fuck is going on with Alex now? He's fucking dressing like I don't even know. I think it was probably more like a gradual change for them mm. just because, like, I would try something out and be like, oh, it looks nice. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like a constant thing to, like, about now. I'm like, okay, I got to be really conscious about what I wear. Mm-hmm. So, And not to, to make it seem like you're freaking, I don't know, Prince or David Bowie with these crazy outfits. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, he's the type of guy that just – you know, everything, everything's matching. And uh, if it didn't, I would be shocked. Mm. Uh, but regardless, um, so when I think of you, first I think of just that sense of style. And then, you know, from time to time, the second thing that comes to mind is uh, just how much you dance. I mean, normally that's not, you know, a lot of people dance, but like mid-work day, something just gives you the urge. And then, oh, it's a dance break time. It's 2.30. Yeah, that sounds about right with Alex. Um, tell me about that. Have you taken any classes or anything or is it just like, um, so I just like to be goofy sometimes. So I'll just like dance and I did a lot of dancing for theater, obviously. Um, but it wasn't until maybe like two years ago that I, uh, started like dance lessons by extension of being a part of a dance team. Um, so I think that made me significantly better than I was before. Yeah. Because um, it was just like a lot of like hip shoulder movements before, but now it's more like full body stuff. What uh, I know there's obviously there's different like styles of dance. What what type of class was it that you? It was a lot of like contemporary dance. Gotcha. Um, we would dabble into like smaller other things. Like for, I think a Christmas thing, we did like a little bit of hip hop. 
but oh, that was okay. like an amalgamation of a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the dance coach Andrew Mahan uh, deals mostly with like ballet and like contemporary. So yeah, I learned a lot of that from him. Yeah, I've never really taken a like. I I was in a quinceanera when I was younger, mm-hmm. so that's like the only experience I've had where like having to like learn a dance specifically. Um, I've never like taken a class. Uh, is it is it kind of a weird adjustment like going from you know radio turns on you're like oh this is my shit let's go to you know working with a group of people um kinda yeah uh because you got to worry about like what other people are doing yeah more so because if it's like a very much like a hive mind kind of situation at least from my perspective Mm -hmm. uh just because you can't really stand out in certain parts of the dance like you got to look pretty uniform so like let's say it's almost like swimming or something. Yeah, like you can't throw too much of your own style in with certain types of dances because then you stick out like a sore thumb, even if you are like doing well. Yeah. But, hmm. yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously I know you from uh, from school here at Rock Valley. Uh, talk about, you know, post high school. How did you decide on where you were going to go next? Um, I knew that I always wanted to do like filmmaking okay uh but i wasn't like quite sure about like how to go about it and my dad was actually an academic advisor here uh-huh. uh, so he told me about the mass comm department and i took like the i think the basic video and audio classes here in conjunction with like the gen ed classes yeah and i realized how much i loved it when i realized i was putting a little bit more time into the basic video and audio classes um and just being surrounded by like, all this stuff and like all these other like creative people like really helped propel me forward with like knowing that's what I want to do. Did you? Um, I guess you're kind of support group uh, before you got to Rock Valley. Uh, did you? Would you say you surrounded yourself with a lot of creative people, or was that kind of uh, your first dabble in being in an environment where it's like, oh man, you know, now I'm in a room with all people who kind of share this creative uh, mindset that I do. Um, yeah, that was being, coming here was probably the first time I'd been around other people like that because other people like wanted to do like theater and stuff. It's almost refreshing. You yeah. Know? Like to be just like, surrounded by that energy. Yeah. Or just feeling like you, you almost fit in. Not that you didn't before, but mm. it's like, you don't really even think about it until you find other people that want to do the exact same thing that you do that you're like, oh wow, this is, this is awesome. Yeah. Like you connect on with them, like on a different level than you yeah. would like other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so obviously you and I, uh, we we kind of followed the same path in a sense what we got here, or once we got here, we started working in the mass comm department. Um, how's that been? How long have you technically been a student worker down here? I think I became a student worker after the advanced classes, so I've been a student worker for maybe two years at this point. Mm-hmm. At least it feels like two years. Um do you feel like it's gotten any different since you started it, or is it pretty much the same thing? It's. I used to be, like, a little more uptight when yeah. I first started, but now I'm a little more laid back just because things are pretty hands-off here. Like, you really don't have to do a whole lot as a student worker. I feel like that's, that's the way it is with any teacher. You know, you start, and you want to make a good impression, and yeah. you got all your rules and stuff. And as it goes on, you kind of wear down a little bit, and it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I think the most rigorous thing we've been doing is, like, those caption videos. Oh, fuck. Don't like, even bring those up, dude. Dude, those fucking suck. And I almost cried when I saw that Jerry posted, oh, 
hopefully he's not listening, <laughs> more. <laughs> uh, this saying that there are more caption videos is like, God damn. Yeah. There goes the semester. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this moment to just shout out all the movies that have subtitles and stuff because normally I I don't even think about it. And then now that I have to caption these fucking videos <laughs> every day of my life, I know uh how shitty that job is. Oh, I oh, 100% agree with you. Like, I was watching a Netflix documentary or something on Donald Trump, and mm-hmm. I'm like, someone spent, like, 40 minutes. Well, it's actually funny, you know. Now it's to the point where we're doing it so much that I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm like, Does it, should I split this up in, in two lines? Or if if this person is talking, how do I free? Like, how what does the punctuation for this look like? Yeah. So now when I watch movies with... Subtitles. You're like I'm subconsciously there, I'm, yeah, taking I'm like, it in. I'm like, oh, oh, that's yeah, that's that's the perfect way to do that. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do that. That is just so stupid. <laughs> I, I You're hate, like subconsciously learning. I hate that I feel that way, but that's the shit that I pick up on. Um, I, well, I think both of our times here at Rock Valley are coming close to an end. Mm. Um, do you have any idea of what kind of is next for you? Um, I would like to go to UW Milwaukee because I heard they had like a really good film program there, and a few people few alums from the mass comm department here mm-hmm. have actually gone there and they said that they like th- that they've liked it um but uh even after that like i'm not quite sure like probably just trying to make my own short films and may- maybe get like freelance jobs doing oh, okay. stuff um but it, you know it's kind of like scary thinking about how do i break into this industry when like there's no correct pathway oh it's absolutely frightening you know even in the sense when you say you know this is i think what i want to do uh there's no right or wrong way to do it you know you Mm -hmm. could not go to school at all and get in you could just watch uh tons of videos and just kind of follow make your own little path yeah uh, you know kind of market yourself or you can go to school for it and you make those connections that way um no, it's frightening, you know, especially I think that, you know, this school does a good job of kind of setting you up for whatever you want to do next. Like, I feel like there's a, they set you up a couple people that, um, you know, will kind of guide you in whatever direction you're thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the coolest thing about getting the mass comp certificate is that you have to, like, you're forced to do an internship. Yeah. So it's not just you take your classes and then good luck. It's like, yeah, you take your classes and then you got to actually work in the field. Mm-hmm. And a place of your choosing, um, I think that that helps, you know, so much for, especially for people who want to go into TV and stuff. They get a shot to go and work at a TV station or something. Um, I'm doing mine right now. You did the same one I'm doing with mm-hmm. Lonnie. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of exciting. You know, it, it's it's nerve-wracking, but it's also exciting. That, yeah. Um, you, as much as it is scary that I don't really know what's next, the opportunities are almost kind of endless, and you just kind of got to find them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's kind of just break down uh, your specialties in the mass comm department. Uh, I know you as just a camera guy. You know, you're just a talented cinematographer, and when it comes to color correcting, you're somebody that I feel the need to talk to you about everything because yeah, I don't know what you. I'm doing. Um, but did when did that kind of start for you? Have you always been into cameras or is it like once you started, you know, taking these classes, you thought, ooh, I kind of like this part of it? Um, probably the latter because uh, initially I wanted to be like just a director and like a screenwriter. Um, but I remember actually working on the set of a 
filmed they were shooting here in Rockford. Oh, okay. And I was talking to the sound guy, and I saw him. He was, like, scrolling through pictures that he's taken, and they were, like, really good. And I thought, oh, you're, like, thinking to myself, he's just, like, a sound guy. Like, why is he working on this other stuff, too? Mm -hmm. And then he says it's really good to be well-rounded in the industry. That way you get more job offers. And I really took that to heart. Mm -hmm. um, so I started, like, branching out more so, um, like, seeing Nick Talon, like, with how good he was with the camera. I'm like, I want to be at least, like, even half as good as he is. Mm -hmm. So working on that. Uh, started working on that a lot. Uh, focusing on like lighting and stuff, I realized something that I loved. Um, but then I realized that there's like a whole world of things with just in the film industry that you can, that look fun to do. Like uh, right now I'm trying to get more into like 3D modeling and like 3D animation. Mm -hmm. So I've started messing around like on Blender and that's something that's like really fun to do too. So I'm like, there's a lot of stuff that like, I don't even have to necessarily um, be, hold on, backtrack. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that would just be like good to know. Like so, if I do end up like being a director, I have knowledge of those things, so it's easier to communicate with like department heads and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And also, I could just possibly get a job doing one of those things if something else doesn't work out. I have like a bunch of other different skill sets to rely on. How do you go about kind of picking and choosing the people that you work with? Um, a lot of it's just kind of like likability. Yeah. Like I'd rather work with someone that I like who's maybe not as good at some th some certain things than someone who, like, is kind of a dick and is really good at something else. Like, it just makes it really frustrating to work with. Have you been on a set with somebody who kind of is a bit of a know-it-all, who's really talented, but it's, like, I, just not very easy to work with? Um, fortunately, not yet, but I've been, like, in jobs with people who are just, like, yeah, you're good at your job, but I don't like you. Yeah. So I don't – I hate working with you. Mm -hmm. Um. But fortunately, never not never on a movie set yet. Mm -hmm. I kind of uh, sounds bad because as a student worker, we're kind of like also teachers. Mm -hmm. So obviously, I'll answer whatever questions people have. But especially when it comes time when people start making their short films, um, there's some kids that you know they don't pay attention a lot, and they yeah, I already know this, yeah. You know, it's just that sort of thing. Yeah. So, of course, I'm not as likely to go to them and say, well, what are you working on? What, what are you thinking? And you're kind of brainstorming with them. Because that's my favorite thing to do is kind of pre-production stuff. Yeah. Is planning and coming up with ideas and how, oh, okay, we have this. How can we do it now? How do we take this real creative thing and then do it practically, bring it to life in that sense? And I, I eat that shit up. And especially for these kids who have no idea, they, this is the first time touching a camera, it's pretty intimidating. And, mm -hmm. you know, you come up with all these ideas, and then you get on set, and you're like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Um, so, you know, if I get along with you, um, then I'm instantly more likely to try and, you know, I want your stuff to be as good as it can be. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want anybody to turn in shitty work regardless. So, I don't know. I think that just being a nice person goes a long way. Oh, yeah. Um, I think even Jerry was talking about how people would be like blacklisted or like some people would refuse to work with yeah. people in like the actual film industry just because they're kind of a dick. Yeah. So yeah, it's true. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like if I was, I mean, I've directed a few things down here. If I am trying to assemble a crew, uh, I had a thousand times, like let's say there's somebody who's good with a camera um, that is just a fucking dick. And then there's somebody who maybe is a new student who's really open to learning uh, but doesn't really know what they're doing, but, mm. you know, I don't know, they're charismatic about it. I'm more likely to pick the younger person who doesn't really know what's up because they want to be there, you yeah. know. Um, 
I don't know. I, I guess it's kind of taking somebody under your wing in a sense. But mm. um, for a long story short, don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, can you talk about some of just your, your favorite projects that you've worked on down here? Um, let's see. It would probably have to be paralysis, like working with you and Nick Rufinacht and Jaleel, who's in the room, hopefully not going to bust in at any moment and say something. Um, but just because it was the first time I had... Uh, it was really good being around people and working with people who, like, knew a decent bit more than I did about certain things. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like, a huge advantage when you're working on something. Like, you should always surround yourself with people who are better than you, like, know more than you because, like, that's that way you learn. Yeah. And I think it was, like, a double advantage, like, having, like, you guys as friends. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, this is really cool, like, getting to learn from friends. Sure. And plus I liked how it turned out, so... Oh, I mean, it turned out freaking great. And not the, not that anybody was expecting it to turn out bad, but I think everybody that saw it, like, their eyes open, and they're like, what the heck? Like, it was lit really, really cool. Thank you. Um, do you want to tell the people where they can watch that at? Um, if you go to YouTube and type in Alex Jackson Paralysis, you can watch it. It'll be uh, the thumbnail of the girl laying in bed. It's a bird's eye view, and her eyes are wide open. There it is, people. Check it out. Um, and because the success of paralysis, when we did our little screening at the end of our class, um, a couple people walked up to Alex afterwards and asked him if he would shoot their freaking little short film mm-hmm. that they were working on. And these people were paying. Hello. Talk about that. dollars baby. Yeah, talk about that. What's that project? Um, it's called Role Play. I am not sure when it comes out, but it's about a group of four friends who are playing um, Dungeons and & Dragons, and they have to solve the mystery of some cursed dice. So it's a, it's a, it's a fun little thing. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it. The directors uh, were really fun people, really nice guys. Mm-hmm. I would work with them again if given the opportunity. I'm excited to see what they uh, do with what happened? <laughs> well, it's kind of a weird thing, you know, because, you, you know, you're there every day shooting mm-hmm. um, and you have an idea. Like, obviously, you firsthand know what it's going to look like. But yeah. after it's been in the editing room, it could kind of... The movie completely changes in the editing room. Yeah. So as much as, you know, it's like I had a good time, I hope it turns out. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. Fingers crossed. But no, I'm excited to see it. Kind of a bigger cast, too. It's not like we're just talking yeah. about two people. Uh, it's like, what? group of five or something so it's like the four friends four friends two antagonists and then uh yeah there's maybe about like eight like ten people in the cast a lot of characters yeah fun that's exciting it was really cool getting to work on something big and i'm really fortunate like that i got the opportunity to do so sure i catch myself you know when i'm writing some script or something to kind of lean more smaller because if I want to shoot it, that just makes it easier. I'm like, wait, why am I putting limitations on myself? You know, like somebody like Max Burke freaking says, no, I want to make a feature-length film. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to get 35 people down here all at the same time. And then we're going to have to bring each one of them back in for ADR at a separate time. Now, though, I'd say that there's pros and cons of both. I really look up to that motherfucker for attempting that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. But he did it two years ago, and it's still not done. So here we are. Um, no. Uh, hashtag station. 
Um, I don't know what, uh, let's talk about kind of finding your, I think when you're in any creative field like we are, um, the biggest thing is kind of finding your voice, whether that is, you know, in writing and you're trying to see what, you know, uh, we, a lot of times with directors, we talk about the auteur theory. You know, you watch an Edgar Wright movie, you know it's an Edgar Wright movie. Mm. Uh, is this something you spend a lot of time thinking about? Well, how am I going to make myself stand out in my work? Um, I do. Uh, I do kind of wonder, like, uh, or worry about getting kind of lost in, like, a bunch of other voices. So yeah. I'm like, how do I stand out? Like, how do I make myself known? Um, and I feel like that comes with just, like, being honest mm-hmm. about anything and everything, mostly yourself. Um, I actually watched this uh, keynote uh, from the guy who wrote The Last of Us. Okay. And he was talking about the ending of the game um, and how it just felt emotionally honest. And he said that the reason that it, that he feels like it stood out is because of his relationship with his own daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why it's such a, good game was mostly like a good story because he just wrote honestly and I feel like people will gravitate towards honest and like transparent people mm-hmm. um, so that's what I try to do when I'm doing anything creative I try to like be honest about my limitations my capabilities um, my own experiences and voices because people just kind of like want to hear the truth yeah um do you have like a, would you say you have a specific style in terms of your camera work? Um, I try to emulate Bradford Young a oh, bit. Okay. I'm not sure like how good it is, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like somewhere along the line is where like I'll find my voice. I feel like when you try to imitate someone, you're never going to do it fully. And so therefore you find your own style in that way. Yeah, you kind of, I mean, I think everybody just kind of picks and chooses from yeah. their favorite people. I mean, shit, that's the definition of what Tarantino does. Mm. I mean, obviously all of his movies kind of have a similar style, and you know um, from the dialogue alone that you're watching one of his movies. But, you know, he's stealing shots left and right and, you know, using uh, freaking sound bites from a TV show of the 70s mm. and using it in a different way. And I don't know. It's kind of cool just to see that we all uh, look up to other people and are trying to... I don't know. We're all just trying to have a good time and make it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any upcoming projects and stuff you're thinking about working on or anything? Um, tech support. Hello. Actually. <laughs> what the heck is tech support? Tech support is an upcoming short film yes. that Luca and I are going to try to work on. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's uh, about this uh, the guy in the chair and most like espionage spy movies. Um, who has to go save his field agents mm. and kind of sort of a fish out of water situation. Yeah. Yeah. We're freaking doing a spy movie, people. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Students with no budget doing a spy movie? You're asking yourself, how the hell are they going to do that? And my answer is, well, we're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. So uh, we're still kind of working out the kinks in the story here and there, but... Uh, I know in the next couple months where that's kind of something that we're both um, looking forward to working on. But listen, uh, we kind of talked uh, about you, kind of got a bit of a background. Now I just have things are loose. Okay. I just have a few things that I feel like we could just bounce around and see where it goes. Obviously, we're in a new decade. It's 2020 now. Did you have any New Year's re- 
uh, was it Revol- resolutions? resolutions? Resolutions, yeah. There it is. Um, it was to quit nicotine, but that lasted a total of five minutes because I got stressed out pretty much immediately after the clock hit 12. So I'm like, you know what? I need this. Well, also with the job that you have, it's freaking high stress. Oh, yeah. The other job. The Oh, rock fight, yeah. That, that's a whole story. <laughs> um, how about you, Luca? Do you have any New Year's resolutions? I don't think I asked you that prior. Do I have any? Oh, I'm sure I do. You know, I don't, I don't want to hit you with the... I think everybody in general at our age has the same ones. You know, you'd be better when it comes to budgeting. Yeah. And fucking, oh, I want to have a car or, you know, a better car or whatever. You know, there's just like those logical things that an early or a person in their early 20s, they all share the same fucking problems. Um, But listen, I'm very aware that we are close to coming to the end of our time at Rock Valley. That means the end of all the gear that we have, and, you know, just I don't know how often we'll see each other again. Um, A lot of times we find ourselves just goofing off when we're here. Not, like, in a bad way, but, you know, we're having a good time doing trivia or just sharing each other's company. But, you know, somebody asked me, uh, let me see some of the videos you've made. And then I look, and I'm like, man, I really only have, like, X amount when I could have however many. So I just... I don't know. I guess I'm in the mindset that I have a lot of unfinished things that I want to do while I'm here. Um, So I just want to work with as many people as I can and get some stuff done. So it's kind of like a work year for me. I'm ready. Got my internship going. Fucking got five classes, and none of them are in MassCom, so shoot me. Um, (laughs) We've obviously been talking about some outside projects. Got the podcast. I'm a busy freaking man, people. Got that Mamba mentality. Oh, man, rest in peace. R.I.P. Oh, man, I'm fucking... I was a mess when I found out. I've never been, like, a big basketball fan, yeah. so I was like, that's tragic. But, the, like, seeing, like, the fallout from everything, like, wow, I didn't realize, like, just how much Kobe meant to people. Yeah, man, it sucks. Um, I kind of fall on the opposite side of the spectrum just in the sense that basketball is my favorite sport. And oddly enough, um, he's kind of a big part of that. You know, when I got into the sport, he was playing in the finals. And he did like three years in a row. Um, And that's like when I got into the sport in general, or at least professionally. Obviously, I played at home. Um, And then I was calling myself a Lakers fan. And my dad showed me some older players like Magic Johnson and stuff. And from that point, it was sealed. So for, you know, a while now, I've been a Lakers fan. and that's always just kind of been my guy. You know, it's kind of cool when you get into sports and everybody's got their dude. You know, yeah. you wear the jersey and that sort of thing. Um, and oddly enough, uh, I think it's just ironic that we have a guy who played for my favorite team for his entire career. And then when he retires, goes and does fucking, like, short films and TV shows and stuff and wins an Oscar. Wait, did he? Yeah. I don't know that. What the, the hell? The year after he retired, he went and did a short film because he wrote a poem after he retired called mm-hmm. Dear Basketball. And, yeah, he got it like an animation studio to make like an animated thing to it. And he oh, fucking hired that on Twitter, uh, yeah. John Williams to do the score for it. So he won best, uh, best Short Film at the Oscars. I dig it, dude. So it's like, of course, that's my favorite dude. Um, also, I just like old school mentality stuff and he's mm-hmm. real fucking would talk shit and tell you you were soft and just play the old school way 
Um, I fucking dig that shit. But anyway, it's just a weird feeling waking up and knowing that he's not there anymore. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I'm not saying, like, I know the guy. You know, I'm only talking from a fan perspective. But, man, this isn't even like, like, there's been a lot of musicians that have passed away uh, that tore me up a lot, whether I was actually able to see them or not. Um, I feel like that's one thing, you know, uh, accidental OD or somebody's old and they die in their sleep. Mm. This is a freaking dude who wasn't even 42 yet and died in a helicopter accident with yeah, his like daughter. Some, yeah, some freak accident. Like, like it's brutal just in the sense that his daughter was really good at basketball too. And, like, uh, the whole situation sucks. Yeah. And I don't know, man. Not that we have to talk about it for too much longer. But um, you know, what were we talking about? New Year's resolutions? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm motivated to get some some work done this year. Uh, I think I have plans on, not this year specifically, but um, setting myself up to move in the future, you know, move finding a bigger market. Um, eventually, I'd like to probably go back to school, get that bachelor's so that I can teach. Um but for now, you know, I kind of feel like, fuck, I've been going to school forever. You know, finish up. I've been kind of doing the mass comm certificate and just finishing my associates. And me switching schools three times really just fucked me over <laughs> with the transfer and stuff. So I've been t- retaking the same shit. Oh, shit. It's driving me crazy. But, no, I don't know. I guess more or less um, driven in my work field and then also setting myself up for the future, if that counts as a New Year's resolution. Uh, I think so. Okay. So that's checked off. Uh, Oscars are coming up. Do you have any thoughts on this? Do you follow, like, award season or anything? Um, I have not seen a whole lot of movies this year. Oh, okay. I think the only film I've seen that's even nom- nominated for Best Picture is Jojo Rabbit. So I have, what? like, yeah. Oh, Joker, too, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I'm you not. You saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I did see you Once Upon a Time You got to see that early. I you did. son of a bitch. Yeah, I used um, to work at AMC 14, and they have, uh, and McChesney Park, and they have uh, early showings for the crew, so that was uh, pretty tight. Let me think. Uh, you probably didn't see Parasite. I did not. The Irishman is on Netflix. I have not seen that. It's a lot of time to invest, so maybe I get it. Um, Little Women. I have not seen Little Women, but I want to. Wait, Marriage Story? I haven't seen Marriage Story either. Really? Yeah, I've just been watching anime. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari? Nope. I think that's the nominees. Yeah. Oh, well, this is a judge-free zone. I think I'm a little too invested in this stuff, so I respect you for being able to not um, be so caught up in award season. But then again, you were just watching anime the whole time. So yeah, we I, all... could, I could have <laughs> been watching these movies. No, I uh, want to. I just... I don't know. Some mornings I wake up and I'm like, I'm just going to lay in bed till five where I have to go into work. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Um, I don't know. We talked a little bit. You mentioned The Last of Us. Uh, let's talk about some video games. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the uh, maybe not last year, but the year before was a huge year for games with like God of War oh, and yeah. Red Dead 2 and Spider-Man and stuff. Um, th- was there anything big last year that really stood out for you? Um... Probably because I didn't buy any new games last year. I've just been playing fucking Apex. And that's it. A game that stood out to me probably was God of War, just because I didn't expect that type of story. 
from a game that had three previous ones of some guys screaming and murdering people relentlessly. What was that one that came out last year that Nate was playing? Is it Death Stranding? Did you play that? Uh, that came out this year. I played that a little bit. Well, it's 2020, buddy. Nothing. Oh, okay, then last year, yeah. Yeah. I forgot what year it was. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Death Stranding, it's an odd game. It, it really is, because basically the whole point of it is to deliver packages. Yeah. And there's some sort of, like, meta commentary going on underneath, but, like, it doesn't make for the most engaging gameplay mm-hmm. at all. Um, but... I've just heard Hideo Kojima is kind of like a weird guy to begin with where like sometimes I feel uh, the commentary and the narrative takes center stage more so than the gameplay. Yeah. Well, shit. It's 2020. We got some good shit coming out. What, Cyberpunk? If that ever comes out. Comes out at the end of this year. Yeah. Um, What are the odds you think that actually comes out at the end of this year? I think it will. Um, Hey, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, I really don't buy a lot of new games Mm -hmm. like I used to. Uh, so just give me the best game possible. I don't care how long you're fucking working on it. I mean, I do. Like, we're both just sitting here chewing our fingernails for The Last of Us 2 to come out. So excited. Um, does that have an official release date, or did they just say this year? It's May 28th, I believe, of 2020. Okay. And I'm... Freaking blowing my load. I'm so excited for that freaking game. I just want to apologize to Avery right now because if it comes out at the end of May, uh, our anniversary is at the beginning of June. Um, so if I'm, <laughs> if I'm nowhere to be found, it's definitely not playing The Last of Us. Pour one out for a girl, two. Avery. Correct. Um, yeah. Are there any other big... Oh, you know what I'm excited for? I think hmm. that comes out this year. Um, we played freaking Man of Medan. Oh, and we get the new one. What is it? Little Hope or something like that? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, for you guys at home that don't know, uh, there's a big game called Until Dawn, which uh, full length feature game where you're playing through a horror movie. You got all these characters and you got to make decisions as these characters, and they go over all the stereotypes. You know, there's kind of the nerdy guy who's got a crush on the girl. There's like the really hot chick. Uh, there's the fucking jock. You know, you got a little bit of everything. Um, but you're playing through this horror movie and you're making decisions that could eventually, you know, kill your character or kill somebody else's character. You know, you're just trying to you're trying to make everybody survive at the end. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's freaking awesome playing through it. Um, with the success of uh, that game, people thought that they were going to make a sequel, but instead they said no. You know, uh, well, Until Dawn was like an eight-hour freaking experience. Eight, ten right? hours, yeah. Um, so we're we're gonna do a like a mini series of five games, um, and they're each gonna be like four hours long. So they really dove into uh, like a like uh, we played Man of Medan, which is the mm. first one of the series, and it's got how many characters are there? Six? Uh, yeah, six. Five or, or six? It might be five because I had to double up on characters. Well, it's cool because you can play yeah. it solo or you can do like party mode. Mm. So it's like you get a group of five people together and each person gets their own character. So, like, on the screen, it'll say Luca, and then you're playing and making decisions and shit and getting clues and whatnot. Then, boom, it'll pop up. It'll say Alex. So now it's Alex's turn, and you just pass the controller over, and then you're all just sitting around playing. That's how I started the year was, because that was the first one I played as Man of Medan with you guys, and I had Mm -hmm. a blast. And then I was in Grand Rapids for the new year, and instead of going back the next day, 
Uh, I mean, we weren't doing anything, so we thought, and we assumed we probably would be hungover. So we thought, you know, let's just take the first day to just relax, and then we'll leave the following day. So when that, the next day after the new year, um, we we weren't hungover at all, and I thought, you know what, we should just spend the day playing this. We'll get some food, um, all that good stuff, and that's what we did. So I we freaking sat down and played uh, until dawn <laughs> all day, and we freaking finished it. Dude, I love days like those. I know, Just but like, yeah, we get the new one, which, uh, do you know what the story is? I have no idea. I think it's like somehow links into Man of Medan, but that's no all idea. I know. No idea. We don't really know a whole lot about it, but it's got the kid from, oh, he's in The Revenant. He's got those eyebrows, yeah, those what? distinct eyebrows. He's also, what's that comedy he's in? With, with like... It's with like Jason Paul, uh, Sudeikis. Oh yeah, uh, and Jennifer Aniston, right? We're the Millers. Yeah, it's that kid. Yeah, um, but yeah, in each one they have like an actual, they have like actual actors. So until Dawn had Rami Malek, and then the uh, what's the chick from Heroes? Heidi? No. Uh, what's her name? What's her name? Doesn't it? Regardless, it's Hayden Panet. No, it. Hayden Pantier. Whatever it's pronounced. How could I forget her? Smoking. Um, Man of Medan had frickin' Iceman from X-Men in it. Oh, yeah. Showing something, um, I think. So anyway, I'm definitely looking forward to that for sure. Uh, to close it out, I thought it would be fun to, you know, we talk a lot about movies on this podcast. Um, and I think a lot of times uh, when we're picking just some of our favorite movies, uh, we associate this movie with a certain time of our life. So I want you to, I'm going to go through, I'll pick an age or a time in your life and you tell me what movie you associate with that time. Okay. So early childhood, like younger than 10. Lion King. Really? Yes. I I would make my mom go to Blockbuster Video and get that movie literally anytime she went. I, I only watched that movie for the longest period of time. Holy shit. I mean, that's a good one. Yeah, know. yeah. Um, what, about, what about middle school? Middle school. Avatar, dude. Dude, I freaking love not the not the last Airbender, yeah. but like the blue people, like a James Cameron. Did yeah. you see that in theaters? I did. I saw it Wasn't four it times fucking, in theaters. What an incredible experience in a theater! It was like the first time like three D didn't like have those like red and blue glasses. Yeah, and first time you get I get to experience that is in this like beautifully built world with all well, these. Everybody shits on that movie now, which in retrospect, it's like. Yeah, I mean, it's not the strongest movie, but when it came it's out, like, visually, it was the most incredible thing of all time. And there's a reason it was the number one uh, box office movie up until last year. And that was just because oh, yeah. of some fucking re-release bullshit, which, you know, fine. I had no problem with it, but, yeah. um, you know, I think it just goes to show that its second weekend outsold its first weekend at the box office. That's like, that doesn't even make sense. Mm. That's like, it came out and some people are like, ah, I guess. And then everyone heard about, oh, dude, it looks incredible. So then everybody goes the second weekend. And then people are going again to see it. Mm-hmm. Dude. Um, what about high school? High school, probably Perks of Being a Wallflower. How did I know you were going to say that? Dude. Well, you talk about that movie often. It's a good, it's, it's fucking so good. It's so good, I love it. Um, that actually... Probably story-wise has a huge influence on, like, how I think about stories. Okay. Just because I really love coming-of-age stories. Yeah. Um, something I can, like, really relate to. I I kind of, in a weird way, wish my high school experience was more 
like that move with like friends like that that are just consistent throughout the years and you like create these moments a lot of it was just kind of like me trying to figure out like where to go with that stuff um but yeah like i just love seeing someone turn into from a kid into an adult okay okay and then uh, put indie music in there and that just Spice oh, to yeah. me, baby. It's got some great. It's got a great soundtrack. They, oh yeah. They throw some "Come On Eileen" in there. Some freaking David Bowie heroes. I can't not hear that song and not want to stand up in the back of a car, you know, driving I actually, through Pittsburgh. I recreated that with my friend. Did you? We were going to visit our friend Jessica in Oshkosh, and I had a sunroof, and so I just turned that song all the way up, and he got to like go through my sunroof. Were you like actually on the highway? We were on the highway, yeah. Oh, fuck. I mean, it was like we were going freaking 60 or 70, so he, he didn't stay up there very long, yeah. but he was like... It probably cool. didn't feel great, and then oh, you, no. you eat a fly or something, oh, yeah. and you say, this is horrible. <laughs> what the heck? Um, okay, and then what about what about college? Is there a college movie? Probably Get Out. Yeah. That, that made me think about movie making almost completely differently, actually. Were you upset with us? Um, I wasn't upset with us. I thought it was a great film. I just felt like the scope was too big for yeah. that movie. Mm-hmm. We didn't really feel like a, as good as a Get Out, I guess. Because mm-hmm. um, I really like the condensed, claustrophobic spots for like horror films. Actually, now that you say that, I think that that makes a lot of sense. You know, I think that sort of concept works better as like a Twilight Zone episode yeah. almost. Or just in one remote location where this thing is happening, and at the end of that movie, we see that it—that's just where you get more questions yeah. being asked towards the end of it, because you're like, wait, so there's a whole underground thing. Is that just in the U.S.? Is that what? It, what if somebody? It, it, there's so many questions I yeah. have after watching that movie. Um, I think a majority of people were. I don't think it's bad, but I'd say or maybe a little let down just because expectations were so high. Oh, yeah. Not to say that it's bad at all. It's just, you know, like, once you get Get Out and win Best Original Screenplay at the Oscars, of course, we're expecting uh, some spice. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm sure, you know, he'll come back in. Yeah. Jordan Peele. I'd trust him. Jordan Peele has, a like, a great talent when it comes to horror. And, like, I, I just love, like, the way he writes certain things. He's, like... Each of his movies, I feel, so far have been, you need to watch them twice to really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Like, in Get Out, they're saying things that, like, sound blatant mm-hmm. pretty much if you've already seen the movie. Same with us. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I like I like that he's able to create movies where you need to watch them twice. Okay. Okay. And so I went through more or less, like, time periods of your life. So now I'm just going to talk about some some general situations that maybe you associate with movies. So what about, have you ever been through like a big breakup or just a real devastating point in your life? What movie do you associate with that? Breakup. Um, Nothing's like springing to mind immediately. Okay. Uh, It'd probably be, yeah, I don't really know. Okay. Um, You said you kind of have like that, a bit of a click when it comes to your friends and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is there something you think of or a movie specifically that you think of when you think of them? Um, not really a movie, more like songs, I guess. Maybe like, I, maybe this is a better question for music. Let's transfer over. <laughs> is there a breakup song that you hear and you're like, damn it, this fucking 
probably the song called Lua by Bright Eyes. And it's not really like a breakup song. It's yeah. more like, life freaking sucks, dude. Ouch. Like, there's the whole song is about how he's like super, like, it's just lonely, like, addicted to drugs and stuff. And he just is like masking it, masking his pain with drugs and stuff. And I just think it's an interesting song that he's like so blatantly honest about himself. Yeah. Like, there's a line where he says, like, the love I sell you in the evening by the morning won't exist. I'm like, damn, like, people do that. Yeah. Like, they act like they care about someone at night, and then they're gone the next morning. I, I don't know. I just like honesty in songs like that. Yeah. And what about, what, what would that song be for your friends, then? Uh, it'd be probably, oh, okay, Lamb by Brockhampton. That song is slaptastic. Okay. Is that just like when it came out, you know, that's what you guys would listen to? or um, It's more so about, uh, so Rockhampton is like this rap group, and it's a song basically about them saying, like, how do I put it? They're just like really happy to have the group of friends that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the lyric I'm thinking of? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, um... Like, no matter what, like, even in death, like, they'll have, like, they know that their legacy will be carried on because their friends are still alive. Like, remembering them, talking about them, still loving them. I'm like, I feel like my friends are kind of like that. Do you associate, uh, it sounds like you really, like, pay attention to lyrics of songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times when I associate something um, with somebody, it's more or less, like, the time that I heard it or just a specific memory of it playing while we were on our way to doing this and do that or... Uh, that sort of thing, rather than, no, these lyrics actually make, I feel, I feel the way that this person does about whoever. Mm. Um, that's interesting. I don't know. I, I, I see you, like, associating lyrics with specific groups of people, and I find that kind of cool. Um, what about, uh, what about your parents? Is there a song that makes you think of your parents? There is, actually. I've thought about this before. Um, for, uh, my dad, I think of like just like Motown, like old music. Oh, my dad's like yeah. a seventy-year-old black guy, so he was hell like in yeah. that era. Mm-hmm. And um, I think of like Stevie Wonder, sure. like The Temptations, mm-hmm. The Impressions. Um, I'm not sure if Luther Vandross is Motown. Is he? I don't think so. I'm not I don't sure. I think he is, but you know, I think I understand the umbrella that you're referring to, just with yeah. soul music as mm. as a whole. Um, no, I think that me and your dad would get along in that sense. Oh, 100%. I think he would love you, dude. Awesome. Um, what about, uh, let's give a shout-out to Nate Talon. What's the song that makes you think of him? Sexy Back, Justin Timberlake. There it is. That's what I was looking for. Is there a song that reminds you of Nick Talon? Of Nick? Probably something stupid. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, if I were to pick out a specific song. Um... Do you remember that Gummy Bears song way back in the day? Like the I'm a gummy bear? Yeah. Yeah. That. That's the, well, you know, I have no words, but it, I I get it. Like it is, that's the problem is that you say that, and I'm like, yeah, I can see how somebody would associate like, that with this annoying song <laughs> Taylor. Like, it's catchy, so you don't mind it being annoying, but it came out of nowhere like he does. He'll just say, like, the most random shit. Absolutely. What about uh what about your sister? My sister? Um probably a song called Yesterday by No Name. 
And it's just because of, like something my sister said that like made me relate with her. Um, she said like this song reminds me of uh, Grandma Minnie, or Grandma who passed away like when I was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And because um, it all, I was also thinking that too, because the song's about uh, no names like Grandma. So I'm like, okay, I didn't. Me and my sister probably have like similar wavelengths. Yeah. Well, listen, this is a podcast where we totally accept change. And hearing how you, over time, have gotten closer with your sister mm. is something that I just really like hearing about. So I'm going to uh, take a step back and just let you give a message to your sister. Okay. And we'll end on that. Um, hey, Haley. Uh, I'm going to tell you to listen to this podcast so you can hear this message. Um, I just want you to know that I love you so much, and it's been really cool seeing you kind of, like, grow up, even though you're older than me. Um I think that you're probably one of the smartest uh, and just beautiful people that I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. I'm really happy that you're my sister. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna blame the water coming from my eyes on this water bottle that's next to me that just randomly shot up and is now resembling tears because that's not real or anything. No, that's beautiful. Um, Alex, thanks for joining me today. I had a blast. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I know it was pretty random, but uh, what are you going to do? Spare the moment where it's just fine for me. Okay. Yeah, I dig it. All right.